Jesus is King. You know, I was just thinking about there's there's two things that are with you 24 hours a day, and that's Holy Spirit and yourself. And if we look at ourselves, sometimes our humanity gets in the way. Here's the deal. I think it's in Ephesians. It says that before the foundations of the world, He chose you. Before the foundations of the world, He picked you. That's my interpretation, but that's what it says. First Darren. This is what is so cool. Before the foundations of the world, He chose you. And even in your humanity, even in mistakes, even in in, uh, getting outside of what God has put in you, we still do that sometimes. But before the foundations of the world, He chose you. In other words, before He said, light be, He said, you be. Let there be light. He said, let there be you. Before He said, let there be light. That means that He knows your humanity. He knows your weaknesses. He knows your doubts. And He supplied His Son, Jesus, to put you in the place of forgiveness, strength of faith before the foundations of the world knowing what your life was going to be like knowing the things that would come against you knowing our mistakes and our weaknesses he said before I founded this world I chose you that's why Jesus is king he's king Jesus is king say that with me Jesus is king Father, thank you so much for your son, Jesus, who is king. Father, I thank you that even even despite our humanity, you still chose us. And you never let go of us. So, Father, I thank you that you have given us the way, the truth, and the life of Jesus Christ glorify you, we praise you, we magnify you, and thank you so much for what you've got in store for us today. And we'll be careful to give you all honor, all glory, and all praise for who you are and that you chose us in spite of us. Thank you. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You received that today? Well, go ahead and turn around, give somebody a high five, and tell them you're glad to see them today. How's everybody doing today? I want to welcome you to Cowboy Church. Some people call it Northern Colorado Cowboy Church. Some people call it N3C. And um, my name is Darren Gleghorn. I'm the lead pastor here at, at uh, Northern Colorado Cowboy Church, and we just appreciate you. If I've never got a chance to meet you before, hope I get to do that soon. But um, 
This morning we have got a treat. We have, we have got big things. God's got big things for you this morning. And so um, I want to welcome our Facebook Live um, people, our online campus. We appreciate you joining us this morning. And uh, man, y'all just sit back. Um, I don't know if you can relax or not because you're going to be so hyped up by the time we're done. You don't know what to do. So get loud in your house this morning. And I, I say in this house, get loud in this house this morning. Be ready. Be ready. Be ready. So um, many years ago, I, I don't know, Lynette and I were just first married. And um, we had the opportunity to, we, we were down in Texas, and we had the opportunity to go to, uh, um, it's West Texas A&M over at uh, Canyon, right? Go over to Canyon, uh, Texas, and, and uh, we knew a guy named Corey Ross, but we hadn't really met Trey at that time. And um, we got to meet Trey there, and that's where our relationship started. And uh, man, what an honor it's been to walk for over 20 years with Trey Johnson. And, and um, just he's, he's a brother, a true brother in the Lord. And um, it's been so great to be a part of his ministry and what God is doing with him. And then how long have you been married? Eight years? Going on eight years. I had the awesome opportunity to marry Trey and Heather, and uh, what a what an honor it was. You know, I I've done some some good weddings, but man, talk about the pressure is on when you <laughs> marry a man and woman of God and uh, get to be a part of that life. So, man, it's such an honor to have you guys this morning. So I'm gonna I'm gonna shut up and let him get going. But if, if you would, would you all give Trey and Heather Johnson a big round of applause and their kids? And what an honor. Love you. Thank you. Thank you. Good to see everybody. It is a privilege to be in the house of God this morning. Everybody doing good? Yes. Yes, yes. Uh, my lovely bride, Heather, would you just stand? This is my lovely bride. I know he introduced her, but y'all give my lovely bride, Heather. Our daughter, Chloe. Chloe, raise your hand. Hayes, our son, Hayes, raise your hand. They're with us this morning. And uh, a lot of you we know. Uh, some of you we don't know. But uh, we look forward to getting to spend the next little bit with you. Uh, we're going to have a good time this morning. Amen. We were uh, in Salt Lake City last night at uh, the WCRA finals. We made it to the gold medal round last night. And uh, yeah, so thank God for that. So we got here about five this morning. And, uh, but we got strength for our days, right? And uh, did good in the semifinals throughout the week. And then they took the top eight last night. And uh, I made, made a mistake last night that I wish I wouldn't have, but it's all good. We, we release it and we go forward. Amen. Amen. And, uh, but we're here today. Uh, I always like to share, because I know some of you are partners with our ministry. I know as a, as a church, you are partners with our ministry. And that means that everywhere we go and whatever we're doing around the world, you're a part of it. Every person that's saved, healed, and delivered, you're a part of that. And, um, and so if you haven't got a chance to tune in to our weekly television show, there's a list back there at the book table product table um, that you can help yourself to at the end of the service. The magazines are free. Uh, there's some books that I've written back there. There's teaching CDs back there. But right now, we're currently on all of our different outreaches. We're getting to reach about 
have the potential of reaching 500 million people a week right now for the glory of God. And it is just so awesome. We are just very thankful to be a part of that and very thankful to be doing what God's created and called us to do um, as we go around the world. You know, um, see, several months ago, the have you heard of the FCA, Fellowship of Christian Athletes? Um, they have a rodeo segment of the athletes, and, and they contacted me several months ago. And they said, Trey, we've been watching you for years, and we know that your leadership development and everything, would you pray about taking over our Fellowship of Christian Athletes for the Texas uh, region, the high school and junior high? And, of course, Heather and I prayed about it, and it's just a great opportunity. And, uh, you know, sometimes when you're involved with different uh, denominations, different beliefs. There's, it's interesting to see how God is bringing down the denominational walls, for one. And, and I, so I was having a meeting with these people, and, and I said, you know, y'all realize what I believe, right? And they said, yes, and we've watched your fruit, and we've watched your life, and we want you to know our hands are off. We'll get behind and serve you however we can serve you. And so, just a miracle of the Lord. <laughs> And, uh, and so we've been working at developing our, our, the Texas leaders. Um, we have 10 regions, them and their families. And then at the junior high finals and the high school finals, you know, we had the main church service. And every day we'd get to minister uh, to the families and the students. And so, you know, several thousand people. We got to see so many of, of them come to the Lord. And uh, we're just getting started in that, that avenue, and uh, it's just a privilege. We do a lot of roping schools uh, around the country. That's just a, a tool that God uses to reach people. We've had several hundred people born again this year just at the roping clinics. Um, it's so cool because people, they come, and they, they do get help with their roping, and they get better, and we want that to take place. But they come and they have an encounter with the Lord, and it's so fun. I mean, over in Australia and stuff, I've seen mafia guys come and want to just get better at their roping, but then they get born again, and then it just totally turns their world upside down. So uh, God is good, and He's faithful. And so those are some of the things that we have going. You know, we're in a different type of church every week. And um, where, we're, where we're headed uh, from this week, I'll preach in Walcott, Colorado tomorrow night. And then we'll go to the rodeos in Cody, Wyoming, Tuesday, Wednesday. Come back, i got a roping clinic Friday in Walcott, preach again Friday night. And then uh, I'll be preaching in Denver on Sunday at Faith Fellowship Church, I believe is the name of it, next Sunday. And then we'll head back to Texas where we will enjoy cooking our biscuits. <laughs> Are you ready to get into the Word today? Amen. You know, it's very important that when we come into God's house, that we set our expectations. You know, ask, why am I here today? Why, why do I come to church? Is it just to make myself feel better on the way to lunch? You know, I'm going to kind of check the box. Okay, we went to church, now we can go to lunch. Or is it because I'm expecting to hear the voice of God? So this is something I'm always asking. What is God wanting us to know? And what is God wanting us to do? What is God wanting us to know today? In our families, our businesses, our individual callings, assignment. And what is He wanting us to do? Because... Unless we position ourselves to 
to partner with the Spirit of God, to come into agreement with the Spirit of God, to come into agreement with the Word of God, then there's going to be no change. You know, 2 Corinthians 13, 5. So throughout the day, as I refer to Scripture, I would really like for you to write it down, top it in your phone, put it in your iPad, where you're not taking my word for it, but you always go back to God's word because it's only God's word that does not fail. But it says in 2 Corinthians 13, 5, it says it's important that you and I examine our own faith to make sure that our faith is producing the fruit that it's supposed to produce. And so I've got to continually be taking inventory of my life that if there's no change in my life, then I've got to look right here. It's not pastor's fault. It's not God's fault. Everybody do this. Put your finger up like this. And then turn it inward right here. Say right here. Okay? Right here. This is a healthy statement for us to ask ourselves, how am I doing? Say it. How am I doing? How am I doing? How am I doing with what I'm hearing? How am I doing with what I've learned? How am I doing up to this point? We can't change anything about the past. We can't change yesterday. Yesterday ended last night, 12 o'clock. The mercies of God are new today. We have the grace of God in us and on us today. We have the faith built in today for us to grow and become everything that God's called and created us to be. Amen? Amen. You know, I was, I was reading a story a while back, and it just resonates with my heart. And it was about this rabbi who was just kind of, he was on a, on a walk. He was in an interesting place in his life where he had kind of lost sight of who he was and why he was here. And, and he's kind of walking along the road, kind of kicking rocks, has his head down. And, um, and as he wasn't paying attention, he... He kind of he went into this this room, and in this room there are all these soldiers that were they were resting, they were eating and stuff. But all of a sudden, when he came into the room, the soldiers stood up and they pulled their rifles, and they said, "Who are you, and why are you here?" And the rabbi just kind of stepped back for a moment, and they said it again, "Who are you, and why are you here?" And the rabbi said, "How much do you get paid a day?" And they said, what does that have to do with anything? Who are you and why are you here? And the rabbi said, if you will ask me that question every day, I'll pay you twice as much as you're making right now. So I want to be the soldier to ask you today, who are you and why are you here? Who are you and why... Are you here? Because at some point in time in our life, every one of us asks that question, Who am I and why am I here? Who am I and why am I here this morning? Why am I part of this body? Why am I gifted the way I'm gifted? Why am I wired the way I'm wired? Why am I designed the way that I'm designed? Why do I have the passions that I have? Why do I have the desires that I have? Why do I have the graces upon my life that I have? Who am I and why am I here? Go with me to 1 Peter, chapter 2. Oh, I got my... It's on photo. Y'all are a good-looking bunch. I just took a picture of you there. (laughs) Who are we and why are we here? 1 Peter, chapter 2, verse 9. 
First Peter chapter two verse nine. No, Second Peter chapter three verse nine. We'll, we'll get there in a minute. Second Peter chapter three verse nine, and it says, "The Lord is not slack concerning His promise, as some count slackness, but is long suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance." I want to read it again. The Lord is not slack concerning His promise, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any, say any, should perish, but that all, say all, should come to repentance. So I want you to think about all of your relationships, all of your connections right now. As many as you can think. Go, go. Be, let your mind run. Who do you know? I want you to see their face. I want to come up. Your connections, your family, your friends, the people at the grocery store, the people wherever it's at. Are you seeing them in your mind? Yes. And it's God's heart that every person that you and I are connected to, not one of them should perish, but every one of them should have an encounter with God and come into repentance. Repentance, re, the the prefix re, R-E in front of any word, always means to bring back to the original. Penance means to make room for, like we're going to change our mind, we're going to change our heart. God has already made room for you in the presence of God through Jesus before the foundation of the earth, just like Pastor was saying a while ago. So it says, my desire is that for you to move into the biggest room in your life, and it's the room of repentance, re, to bring you back to who you're originally created to be. When we live a life of repentance, see, repentance is a gift. It's a gift. It's not us bawling and crying. I mean, there might be times for that. But it's living a life that, Lord, if I do anything that's not in agreement, if I mess up in any way, and we're all a work in progress, right? That as soon as we make a mistake, we're quick to repent. We come back into the room that we're created to live in. And it's the room of repentance. And God is saying, I want every person, one of the reasons you're here is I want to work in you and I want to work through you to touch the people around you. I want every person you're connected to to know the name of Jesus. I want every person you're connected to to have an opportunity to encounter the same God that's on the inside of you. God wants to move in on the inside of them. Remember, we're answering the question, who are we and why are we here? In Esther chapter 4, verse 14, you see the story of Esther. She's moved in to this new role of being queen. And she's wanting to kind of take a neutral role. She's wanting to kind of sit back. She's moved into the kingdom. And her uncle Mordecai comes to her. And this is what he says in verse 14, For if you remain completely silent at this time, relief and deliverance will arise for the Jews from another place, but you and your father's house will perish. Yet who knows whether you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. I want to read it again. For if you remain completely silent at this time, pause. At this time, I've got to ask myself, am I remaining completely silent during this time because God knows what He's doing. When I was born into this time, when I was connected with the group of people I'm connected with, God always has other people on His mind. When He put that gift and that calling in you and on you, see, when He placed that gift in you, He just didn't see you. He saw all the people that you were created by God to reach. And Mordecai is saying to Esther, Esther, I know that you think you can just move into the kingdom and kind of pop a squat. Kind of like we do a lot of times. We call upon the name of Jesus, we get saved, and then we just pop a squat in the kingdom. And we think, okay, we got our fire insurance and all is well. 
And Uncle Mordecai is stepping into your life today, and he's saying, listen, listen. You think that maybe you're just going through the motions, but if you remain silent, if you don't become who you're called and created to be, if the real you does not come alive in every gift and every talent and every calling and every dream and every business and every book and everything that you've been put on this earth to do, if it stays quiet and you listen, God loves people so much that He wants to work in you and through you. But if you're not willing to get in the game, then He will find somebody else to work in and through to reach the people you're called and created to reach. He says, if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance will arise for the Jews from another place. But you and your father's house will perish. Notice what he's saying. He's saying that if you don't step into becoming who you're called and created to be, if you're just kind of surviving, the definition of survive, simply to exist. He says, you will perish. And perish doesn't just mean Dying physically. Perish means that I can be living, but I'm really dead. Perish means that I can be walking, but I've suffocated my gifts. I've suffocated my calling. I've suffocated my passion to the point that I'm simply existing. And the Spirit of God is saying, I'm looking. My eyes are looking to and fro over the whole earth, looking for someone that I can show myself strong on their behalf. Mordecai says to Esther, if you're not willing to get in the game, Johnson paraphrase, maybe we should have our, you know, Pastor Darren paraphrase, Johnson paraphrase. (laughs) He says, if you're not willing to be who you're called and created to be, he says, God will bring deliverance from somebody else. See, lives will be changed, marriages will be restored, bodies will be healed. Dreams will be reached, but will you be a part of it? We've got to ask ourselves, how willing am I? Am I willing to play no part? Am I willing to play a small part? Am I willing to play a big part? How willing am I? Psalms 110 verse 3 says, In the day of the people's willingness, they experience the power of God. How willing am I, Pastor Mark, to let down what I think I know about God and to embrace what God's Word is saying? How willing am I to let go of what Aunt Boo Boo and Uncle Ding Dong taught me when I was growing up and align my thinking and believing with God's Word? How willing am I to be obedient to the Word? How willing am I to protect my mind? How willing am I to guard my heart? How willing am I to be the best me I can be? How willing are you this morning? How willing when we hear God's Word and see God's Word that we make a decision, I'm going to do God's Word. How willing are you to rise up and be the best you that you can be? How willing? How willing? Look at your neighbor and say, how willing are you? Now we can go to 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. Who are we and why are we here? First Peter chapter 2, verse 9, it says, But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, His own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of Him who called you out of darkness into His marvelous light. I'm going to read it again. But you are, say, I am. I am. 
You are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. That is not just some cute religious phrase. How many of you, and you don't have to raise your hand or maybe you do want to raise your hand. How many of you in here have been called out of darkness and been brought into the kingdom of Jesus Christ? Okay, proclaim means to celebrate, it means to publish, it means to show forth. He's saying, but this is who you are. Who are we and why are we here? Who are we? We are a chosen generation. Who are we? We are a royal priesthood. Who are we? We are, we are God's children. Who are we? We're the healed. Who are we? We're the righteous. Who are we? We're redeemed. Who are we? We are blood bought. Who are we? We are forgiven. Who are we? We are more than conquerors. Who are we? We are victorious. He says, you that have been called out of darkness. Remember Esther just moving into the kingdom. See, a lot of times, apologize about that. I guess, I, I guess this tape, is that my lines for the camera? I should have asked before. <laughs> but see, sometimes we come into the kingdom and we just want to just barely get right inside the kingdom. And that we're saved and we still want to live out here in the world, but want to know that we're in the kingdom. See, a lot of times we have this part-time mentality that... That I want to love God part-time. I want to honor God part-time. I just barely, I want to know that I'm saved, but I want to keep, I want to keep honoring part-time. I want to keep worshiping part-time. I want to keep coming to church part-time. I want to just do my part part-time. Do we want God to do His part part-time? Do we want God to be merciful part-time? Do you want to just live in heaven part-time? Do you want to experience the grace of God part-time? Do you want His Word to work part-time? Do you want the Spirit of God to work part-time? Do you want Him to move in and then out? Move in and out. Do, no, you want Him to be there full-time all the time. But how about you? <laughs> how about me? See, before we're business people before we're homemakers before we're ceos we are children of almighty god who are we we're a chosen generation who are we we're a royal priesthood who are we we are children of almighty god and why are we here see think about god god loves everybody right god loves the teacher God loves the government. I know this is a faith church, but He does. God loves the government. God loves us. God loves the rancher, the farmer, the policeman, the military. So what would be the, the greatest way to reach the teacher, the greatest way to reach the military, the greatest way to reach a construction person is is to find somebody who's willing to do their part, who's willing to surrender their gifts, their callings, their assignment, and allow God to do a work in us and through us to reach the people around us. Who are we? We are God's people. Who are we? We are the family of God. Why are we here? So when people are looking for the answer that you have, you're there. You're operating in your gifts, your strengths, your calling, your passion. That Don't just go, don't have a, I'm going to go to work mentality. Job, get in your place and do your work. Say work. work. 
See, the Hebrew word for work is the word Aragon. And God created man in his image and his likeness. He put him in the Garden of Eden and he said work. The word work means to manifest the real you. The word work means to get in the place that you're designed to be and let the real you come alive. The word work means to give a fuller version of yourself. The only way you can give a fuller version of yourself is when we're in the presence of God, we're finding our gifts, our strengths, our callings, and we are being who God has called and created us to be. Not what Tom, Dick, and Harry told us we should be. Not what the government told us should be. Not what our families told us should be. But what God has told us to be. Who are we? We are children of the Most High God. Why are we here? So God can work through us, in us, and through us to reach the people around us. But once again, I've got to ask, how willing am I? Am I just willing to play a small part, a big part? Acts chapter 17, verse 26, 27, in the Amplified, it says, He made from one common origin, one source, one blood, all nations of men to settle on the face of the earth, having definitely determined their allotted periods of time and the fixed boundaries of their habitation, their settlements, lands, abodes, so that they should seek God and hope that they might feel after Him and find Him, although He is not far from each one of us. See, who are we and why are we here? We are here so when people are seeking God because God promises every person will have an opportunity to call on the name of Jesus. Every person on this planet. He said, even if I have to use creation, I will make myself known to them. And God is saying, I know what I'm doing. When you were born into the family you were born into, when you were born into the region that you live, where you are where you are right now, when people are hungry and they're looking for the answer, they're going to see God in you. Because every person at some point in time has the opportunity. And I want us as a family to make a decision today. God, I'm willing. I'm willing to be who you called me to be. I'm willing to go where you called me to go. I'm willing to do what you created me to do. I am willing to be a doer of your word and not a hearer only. I am willing to rule and reign in this life through one man, Jesus Christ. I want in the game, coach. Say, I'm willing. A prayer that I pray often is God, help me to be willing to be willing. Lord, help me be willing. Help me be willing because there's times that all of us have to deal with our flesh that you know God is saying to do something. And that's where you have to ask, God, help me be willing. Say it, help me be willing. Listen to this, 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14 and 15 in the Amplified. It says, but thanks be to God who in Christ always leads us in triumph. Always leads us in triumph. Always, say always. always. Leads us in triumph as trophies of Christ's victory. And through us spreads and makes evident the fragrance of the knowledge of God everywhere. For we are the sweet fragrance of Christ, which exhales unto God, discernible alike among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. But thanks be to God, who in Christ always leads us in triumph as trophies of Christ's victory. You know, we have the potential to be a trophy of Christ's victory. That when people look at you... They see Him. When people are around you, they sense the victory of God. It says that we get to the point that our life, it exhales the fragrance of the goodness of God. And people that don't know God notice it, and people that do know God notice it. 
how? <laughs> Sometimes I'm real, I'm real spiritual. When I think of uh, when I think of fragrance, I think of the bathroom. I know I should probably think of something else. <laughs> And sometimes when you're in the bathroom, I mean, it gets a little stinky. And so we have these spray cans, right? To change the smell. I mean, that's spiritual stuff, deep stuff. But when people are around us, do they feel like they've just walked out of the bathroom? Thinking I sure was somebody would flush. <laughs> I go to the first church of the non-flushers. I mean, it stinks there. <laughs> you just got to work with me, all right? You just got to... <laughs> Or when they're around you, do they feel like, okay, they've been out in the world and it stunk. But when they come around you, they just feel like, ah, there's a new fragrance. There's a new sense of joy. There's a new sense of peace. There's new hope. That, you know what, I, I felt like I couldn't do it, but now I feel like I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. I feel like there was no way, but now I feel like all things are possible to me because I, I do believe. I feel like there was no way that I could walk in my destiny and dream, but now I realize it's, it's possible. Say it's possible. See, who are we? We're God's chosen people. Who are we? We're royal priesthood. Who are we? We are a chosen nation. Why are we here? Bless the Lord. I need some... Uh, equipment or something. I keep running into the... So God can work in us, work through us to reach the people around us. But how do we get to this place of knowing who we are in Christ Jesus? How do we get to this place to discover who I am? See, it's very important that we make a decision that I'm going to be, stay with me, I'm going to be who God has created me to be. I'm going to go where God has called and created me to go. And I'm going to do what God has called and created me to be. I am who God says I am regardless of what my natural circumstances look like right now. I am who God says I am. I am who God says I am. See, because what happens a lot of times, we get in this environment, we spend time with God, and, and God ministers to us from our spirit, man. And this ideal comes up, or this hope rises, or faith rises, because we're hearing the Word of God. And so we begin to see in our imagination, in our mind, who we're called and created to be. We begin to see that I can be forgiven of everything in my past. I'm already forgiven. We begin to see the power of the blood. We begin to see that we're the right of God. We begin to see that with God all things are possible. We begin to see in our mind, not with our eyeballs, with our mind, with our heart. We begin to see the real us. See, the real us begins to talk from the inside out, not from the outside in. The real dream, the desires, the passions, you begin to get a sense that me and God are the majority. 
But when that thought comes to us and what we instantly do, instead of looking at the God who gave us the thought, looking at the God who gave us the gift, looking at the God who gave us the potentials, we begin to look at our natural circumstances and we look back at the thought and we look at the natural, we look at the dream, we look at the natural, we look at the promise, we look at the natural, instead of looking at the promise and looking to God, looking at the promise and looking to God. Because if we look at the natural, it will talk us out of what God is saying to us. And a lot of times we compare the dream, the idea, the promise to our current reality. Instead of comparing it to the God that we serve. I am who God says I am. Say it. I am who God says I am. I will be. Who God created me to be. I will go where God created me to go. I will do what God created me to do. Now you got to remember this doesn't mean it's going to be a tiptoe through the tulips. You got to remember the devil isn't just going to lay down and let you walk across the, the, the end zone line and do a little dance. Because you discord the victory and you tell the whole world about how good your God is. No, but you've got to realize that when you come into the kingdom, you've been called to put on the armor. You've been called to pull out your sword. You've been called to walk cleansed by the blood of Jesus. You've been called to walk in right standing with God. You've been called to use the name that is above every name. You've been called to open your mouth and declare God's word for his will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. You are called to do more than what you're doing right now. We are called to be a greater light than what we are right now. We are called. Who are we? We are God's people. That's who we are and why are we here why are you where you are why are you gifted why are you wired why are you designed because god has other people on his mind now will you get off your backside and start becoming who you're called and created to be well trey you don't know shut that up you know the definition of excuse invalid reason for neglecting your duty Well, you just, you just don't know where I come from. <laughs> ah! Invalid reason for neglecting your duty. Well, I just don't have the money. Ah! Invalid reason for neglecting your duty. Well, you don't know how difficult it is. Ah! Look at your neighbor and go, ah! come on, try it. It's good for you. Come on, that was weak. Come on, do it. Ah! So see, it's good to have faith buddies. Okay, faith buddies say when you start kind of sucking your thumb and pulling your ear and throwing your sucker down and wah, 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 what about me? And it's taking so long and it's so hard. Wah, 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 wah. And your faith buddy looks at you and goes, ah! <laughs> Invalid reason for neglecting your duty. Invalid reason for not being who you're called and created to be. Now, is it a process? You better believe it's a process. It's a daily process of knowing God and being the best us we can be. Daily. Say daily. When I first gave my life to the Lord, I was such a mess. It was overwhelming, all the stuff that I had to change in my life. But by the grace of God, I latched on to the idea that, okay, I can't change everything at once. 
had no idea I'd be doing what I'm doing now. I had no idea at the end of August, you know, I'll be in Florida and, and I'll be in a room with leaders of countries. And, and, and I, had, I had no idea God would be doing in me and through me what he's doing right now. I had no idea because it looked impossible. If you'd have told me I'd be doing what I'm doing today 25 years ago, I'd have went, ah! <laughs> Don't talk like that. <laughs> Say decision. decision. Have you ever thought about the word decision? See, the word incision, when, when I was born, my, my toes, they curled under and they touched my heels. And I was never supposed to run or wear boots or anything like that. And they'd come in and they'd break all the bones in my feet and everything. And they'd stick pins and stuff in it to straighten it out. And so I have all these incisions, say incisions, on my feet. But an incision cuts from the outside in. But a decision comes from the inside out. And a lot of times we let what happens to us from the outside come in. Instead of realizing that our decision from the inside out has more power than any incision will ever have. See, at some point in time in our life, we've got to make a decision. Say decision. That when I read God's Word, and I see the God that showed up for Moses, and I see the God that showed up for David, and I see the God that showed up for Abraham, and I see the God that showed up for the woman at the well, and I see the God that showed up for this person and that person, that's the God that's going to show up for me. See, a decision makes a decision. If anybody's going to know the heart of God, it's going to be me. If anybody's going to get their prayers answered, it's going to be me. If anybody's going to walk in victory, it's going to be me. If anybody's going to have a revelation of the cleansing power of the blood of Jesus, it is going to be me. But see, but until you take ownership of your relationship with God, you'll never experience what God has for us. But it's when I make the decision, I am who God says I am. See, when I was addicted, I started declaring that I was free. When I've been sick, I've started declaring that I'm healed by the stripes of Jesus. When I had nothing, I started declaring that my God shall supply all of my needs according to His riches and glory. I am who God says I am. I will be who God says I will be. I will go where God has created me to go, and I will do everything God has created me to do. Say it, I am who God says I am. Now, you've been learning, ruling, and reigning in this life. You know that in order to change our life, we've got to change the way that we think. If there's no thinking change, there's no life change. I am who God says I am. I am. I am victorious, even when it doesn't feel like I'm victorious. I've got the victory, even when it doesn't appear like I've got the victory. Some way, somehow, the God that I serve is working in me and through me to change the circumstance around me. You know, years ago, I was praying about a certain situation, and I was just talking to the Lord. And He says, Trey, you know I want to change the outward circumstance. He says, but the number one thing I'm focusing on changing is you. And it just gave me so much freedom. Because a lot of times, we know that things out here need to change, and we want them to change, but we don't want to change. True change happens when we start to change. And we are willing to let go of our thinking and embrace God's thinking. 
and we're willing, regardless of what the natural looks like, we quit comparing our dream, our idea, our gifts, our calling, our assignment to our current reality, to our bank account, to our gender, to our skin color, to our society, but we compare it to the God who gave us the dream, the idea, the gift, the desire, the passion. And we start looking, looking at Him. Looking at Him and what begins to happen is we begin to see ourselves the way that God sees us. See, there's different things that create our inner image and we can't live beyond our inner image. As a man thinks in his heart, so he is, Proverbs 23, 7. We can't perform, we can't live, we can't experience beyond our inner image. See, all your heart knows how to do is produce. And the real you wants to produce victory. The real you wants to produce abundance. The real you wants to produce health and healing. The real you wants to produce your purpose and destiny. That's the real you. Remember, I am who God says I am. But we've got to see it in here to live in it out here. And it takes aggression. It takes a decision that no matter how long it takes, no matter how long the fight is, I'm going to keep thinking. I'm going to keep believing. I'm going to keep declaring. I'm going to keep praising. I'm going to keep giving. I'm going to keep worshiping. I'm going to keep stepping towards God. Even when I don't understand, I'm going to keep stepping. Even when it doesn't feel like things are changing, I'm going to keep stepping. Even when it doesn't appear like the outside, I'm going to keep showing up in the house of God and I'm going to keep running towards God. I am who God says I am. See, there's more in us than what we've been walking in. You probably heard the story of, of how they condition uh, the, the big elephants at the circuses and everything. You know, when they're a little elephant, they stick a chain on that little elephant's foot because they realize that at some point in time, the little elephant's going to become a big elephant. And the little elephant is going to develop its potential. And the big elephant's going to be strong and have the power to rip down the whole tent if it wanted to. So they start conditioning the little elephant with a chain around his foot. So whenever he starts to step away... He says, nope, I can't. And he comes right back. And he tries to break away again, and he can't. And he tries to break away again, and he can't. You know, studies say that by the time a person is 17, they've heard, no, you can't, 150,000 times. And they've heard, yes, you can, 5,000. Developing a conditioning in our mind that we can't. We try to become who we're called to be, and we feel the change, so we step back. And so this process happens all the way through the growth process of the elephant till this big giant elephant that has all this potential and all this power, all they do is stick a nylon rope around its leg and as long as it fills the rope, it never tries to break free. Why? Because it's been conditioned to think that I can't. And in church, we've been conditioned to think that you're not worthy. We've been conditioned to think that there's no way. We've been conditioned to think that I don't deserve. We've been conditioned to think that, yeah, God might show up for pastor, but you don't know my past. God might show up for that person, but you don't know about me. No, let's realize the chain has been broken. Jesus broke the chain and you have all this potential and all this power and all this life on the inside of you. And the Spirit of God is saying, break free from what you thought you used to be and begin to declare, begin to see, begin to think, begin to believe. I am who God says I am. Period. So, so quickly, just for time's sake here, what are some things that create inner images? Okay, we, we are where we are. I want you to say, th- think with me here. We are where we are because of the way we think. This thinking is developed from parents, 
It's developed from government. It's developed from religious leaders. It's developed from social media in today's society. Okay, so there's a way of thinking about the past that can create an inner image that limits my future. Go with me to Genesis 19. So the past can create an image. Now, the positive can create an image or the negative can create an image. The choice is ours. Because ultimately, God wants everything that we've learned in our past, the wisdom that we've learned, He wants to take the wisdom and for us to apply the wisdom today so it produces a greater harvest in the future. But what happens a lot of times is we spend all of our time dwelling on the past, the good old days, what could have been, what should have been. I made this mistake, I did this, I did, I did that, and it creates an image of failure. If you were to attach a, a, to the monitors up here, to your mind, how much time would you spend thinking on the past? How much time would you spend thinking on the present? How much time would you spend thinking on the future? And most of the time, people spend 75, 80% thinking on the past that they can't change. And that can create an image that limits us from becoming who God has called and created us to be. Genesis 19, verse 17. This is right before God destroys Sodom and Gomorrah. Verse 17, He tells uh, Lot to get his wife, to get his daughters, the son-in-laws, to get out of there. And He says, flee for your lives. Don't look back and don't stop anywhere in the plain. Escape to the mountains lest you be destroyed. What creates an inner image? How do I become who God says I am? God told them, don't you look back. He says, don't stop anywhere in the plain. Don't you stop anywhere. In other words, he's saying, you're connected to me now. So quit looking at your past. And I want you not to stop. I don't care how hard it gets, don't you stop. I don't care what the commotion is, the city's burning behind you, don't you stop. I don't care if you feel the sulfur and salt falling out of heaven, don't you stop. I don't care if you sense the flames blowing up beside you, don't you stop. Don't stop anywhere, not at Aunt Boo Boo's, not at Uncle Ding Dong's, not at the First Church of the Frigid Air, don't you stop. Don't stop going after God. Don't stop becoming who God has called and created you to be. Don't stop. Don't stop. Look at your neighbor and say, don't stop. stop. Matthew chapter 7, verse 7 and 8. Pastor uh, Lynette mentioned this last week, but I want to read it out of the Amplified. Matthew 7, verse 7 and 8. It says, keep on asking and it will be given you. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking reverently and the door will be open to you. For everyone who keeps on asking receives. And he who keeps on seeking finds. And to him who keeps on knocking, the door will be open. What was he saying there? Simply, I mean, this this is an IQ test right here. What was he saying? Keep on. Keep on. You, You come out of darkness... Keep on renewing your mind. You come out of darkness, keep on showing up. Keep on asking, keep on seeking, keep on knocking, keep on. Keep on, keep on praising. Keep on forgiving yourself, keep on forgiving others. Keep on, say keep on. Keep on, 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 keep on. You know the people who win are the people who keep on. The people who lose are the people who quit. 
keep on. The people that walk in the power of God, they keep on. People that don't walk in the power of God, they stop. Keep on. Look at your neighbor and say, keep on. The Apostle Paul tells us in Philippians chapter 3, verse 13 and 14, Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upper call of God in Christ Jesus. What was he saying? I'm forgetting what's behind me. And I'm pressing. The word press means a determined movement. That I'm making a decision that I'm going to let go of the past. And I'm going to have a determined movement that I'm going to step. I'm going to press. I'm going to keep on asking. I'm going to keep on seeking. See, you're going to find whatever you're seeking. Are you seeking good? You're going to find good. Are you seeking bad? You're going to find bad. Close your eyes for a moment. Tell me all the things that are red in this room. Open your eyes. It was hard for you to locate all that was red in this room. Why? Because you weren't looking for it. See, you're going to find what you're looking for. If you're looking for the heart of God, you're going to find it. If you're looking for the mercy of God, you're going to find it. If you're looking for your dream and destiny, you're going to find it. If you're looking, if you're looking, if you keep on, say keep on. on. So see, the past can create a good image or a bad image. The future can create a good image or a bad image. Remember the percentage of time? How much stuff do you need to let go of? See, studies say we think between 60,000 to 100,000 thoughts a day. But how many of those thoughts are really new thoughts? Or how many of those thoughts are just replaying the old thoughts that you've thought for the past 40, 50, 60 years? And we wonder why we keep living the same way we're living because we keep thinking the same way we've always thought. And in order to live forward, to live into the future, to become everything I'm called and created to be, I've got to start thinking new thoughts. Start thinking. Start. That's a revelation for some of you. Start thinking. Start thinking. Say it. Start thinking. Look at your neighbor and say, start thinking. Look at your other neighbor and say, I'm glad you heard that. See, start, we got to start thinking new thoughts to live a new life. Proverbs 29, 18 says, Where there's no vision, people perish. Where there's no vision, people perish. Vision is not you looking through your eyeballs. Vision comes from your heart. Vision comes from who you're created to be. Vision is what it looks like for you to be the best you you can be. Vision is what it looks like for you to accomplish your purpose. Purpose is why you're here. Purpose is your DNA. Purpose is why you're wired the way you're wired, why you're gifted the way you're gifted. Purpose. Say purpose. And vision is what it looks like to accomplish the purpose. What does it look like for you to be the man or woman you're created to be? What does it look like for you to operate in your gifts, your calling, your passion? What does it look like for you to rise up and to keep on? What does it look like for you not to stop anywhere? I don't care what the obstacle is. Don't stop anywhere and keep going where God has called and created you to go. When you think of your future, do you see victory or failure? 
when you think, when you see, are you afraid? Are you seeing the giants or are you seeing the God that you serve? Are you seeing the problem or the God that you serve? When you think about your gifts, or what are you seeing when you close your eyes? When you're laying there at night, when you get up in the morning, what are you seeing about yourself? Because God sees you as victorious. God sees you as an overcomer. God sees you as healed. God sees you continuing not to stop anywhere with His Spirit in you and on you and angels assigned to you and the Word of God coming out of your mouth and you going everywhere you're created to go. You doing everything you're created to do and you saying, I am who God says I am. I am who God says I am. So we got the past, we got... And for time's sake, I'm kind of going through this. Uh, competing and comparing. Another thing that creates an image. Second Corinthians chapter 10, verse 12. Competing and comparing. It says, however, when they measure themselves with themselves and compare themselves with one another, they're without understanding and behave unwisely. You know, if you're always comparing yourself to somebody else, the Bible says that's unwise. Yes, we need teachers, we need mentors, we need coaches, we need leaders, we need people that we're drawing from and learning from. But take what we're learning and run it through our wiring, run it through our gift, and be the best us we can be. You know who you should compete against? You know who you should compare yourself to? Not to anybody else, but what does the best you look like? Am I living compared? How am I living? How am I thinking? How am I believing? What am I doing with my gifts, my callings, my son? Compared to what the best me look like. So I want to see what the best me looks like. What does it look like to fulfill that dream? What does it look like to accomplish it? Come back and then compare. Where am I at right now? And this is where I'm created to go and start moving towards who you're originally created to be. Don't stop anywhere. Remember, today we're making a decision. I'm going to keep on. I'm going to keep on asking. I'm going to keep on seeking. I'm going to keep on knocking. I'm going to keep on thinking. I'm going to keep on releasing the past and I'm going to keep on going forward. I am who God says I am. I will be who God has created me to be. I will do what God has created me to do. Who am I? I'm a child of God. Why am I here? Because God is working in me and through me to reach the world around me. If you're taking notes, I want to give you just a few things to do. They all start, Pastor Annette has been teaching on ruling and reigning, so I'm going to give you some more R's. You ready to say R? R. R. Ready? <laughs> That has nothing to do with it, but I thought it would be good. How, how do we rule and reign? First R, renew your mind. Renew our mind. This is a continual process of changing the way we think. Right when we, Romans 12, 2, don't be conformed to this world, be transformed by the renewing of our mind that we may prove what is the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. I get to prove what God's will is for my life. I don't have to wonder. I don't have to wish. I don't have to guess. I I can prove. Say prove. Prove what the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God is. I I can know God. I can change. I can change the way that I think. And so if I'm changing, go back to what I said earlier. I I, got to hold to this idea that, okay, I can't change everything, but I can change at least one thought today. I remember I stepped back and I realized I can have... A better thought today than I did yesterday. And then tomorrow I can have at least one better thought today than I did yesterday. And the next day one better thought. And if I'm changing the way that I think, stay with me, let's finish strong. If I'm changing the way that I think, 
it changes the way that I believe. And what I believe, it changes what I expect in life. How I expect, it changes my attitude. My attitude affects my decisions. My decisions develop my habit. My habits develop my character. And my character affects my destiny. But I always want to reverse it. And to change a life, I've got to change a thought. So if I'm changing 1% today, 1% tomorrow, 1% the next day, this time next year I'm a completely different person. But it takes a continual. Remember, we're not stopping. You don't get to a place with your mind and stick a flag in it and say, I've renewed my mind. (laughs) It's a continual process. Say process. process. So renew your mind. Second R, realize. Realize. As we're renewing our mind, as we're, we're, we're keeping on, we're continuing to go forward after God, we realize that God has a good plan for me. God has a good plan for me. Say, for me. God has a good plan for me. God has a good plan for me. God has a good plan for who? Me. For me. God has a good plan. Realize that God has a good plan. Uh, third R, release. Release your past. Say it, release. 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 This is a big one. This is a big one right here. Get good at releasing. So we we renew our mind. We realize that God has a good plan. And we release. We release our mistakes. We release the people that have betrayed us, that have hurt us, that have run our name through the mud. We release. the. Oh, we have the love of God shed abroad in our heart. The love of God shed abroad in our heart. We have the ability to love the unlovely. We have the ability to forgive those who have hurt us. We have the ability to release our failures, mistakes. Release. Release your, your mistakes. Release your sin. Release. Say release. release. Release that negative image and make a decision today. Decision from the inside out. Release. Say release. release. Then review. Review what God says about you. Review what God's Word says about you. Review your purpose. Review your vision. Review the plan. Review who God says you are. Review. So we're renewing our mind. We're realizing God has a good plan for us. We're releasing. Say, I'm going to get good at releasing. (laughs) I know some people, they say, man, you sure you, man, you forgive people pretty easy. I said, believe me, I've had a lot of practice. Especially being on TV and stuff. I mean, they will try to chew you up and spit you out. I mean, every week they are just, you know. So you get good at releasing. Release, say release. Release. Review. Say it, review. And then the last R, and we're going to be done, is raise. Raise the level of your relationships. Raise the level of your relationships. In this house, God has divine relationships for you. Proverbs 13, verse 20, it says, In order for you and I to grow wise, we walk with wise people. But a companion of fools will suffer harm. Just because I said we're almost done, don't disengage. I want you to take inventory real quick about the people that are in your life because you know their faith will get off on you or their skepticism, their doubt, their fear, their unbelief will get off on you. Every relationship produces an offspring. 
It produces either faith or fear. It produces destiny or doubt. What are the relationships in your life producing? Is it helping you to keep going and not stop anywhere? Are the relationships helping you renew your mind? Are your relationships helping you realize that God has a good plan? Are your relationships helping you release the past? Are your relationships helping you raise the level of your living race? So renew our mind. Say, renew my mind. Realize God has a good plan for me. Release the past. Review. I'm going to review. I'm going I'm to keep it before me because whatever I'm looking at is what I'm going to become. Keep it before you. Keep it before you. Keep it before you and raise. Let's, let's raise our relationships. Let's raise our thinking. Let's raise our believing. Let's, let's raise who we are in Christ Jesus. Who are we? We're God's people. Why are we here? For God to work in us and through us to change the world around us. And we are who God says we are. We're going to go where God has created us to go. We're going to be who God has created us to be. Amen. Would you bow your heads? Close your eyes. And I want you to think about your part in this family. I want you to think about your part in this body. I want you to think about your giftings, your wirings, your passions. Who am I and why am I here? I want you to think about how willing are you to play your part in the body of Christ? Are you willing to get in the game? Are you willing to develop your dream? Are you willing to jump out of the nest and build your wings on the way down? Are you willing? Are you willing? Are you willing? If you're willing to be everything God's created you to be, would you just stick your hand up in there and now say, I'm willing. I'm willing. I'm willing. Put your hands down. I'm willing. I'm willing. Say it. I'm willing. I'm willing. Who are you? I want you to see just you and our Heavenly Father sitting down, and, and you're just you're, you're talking right now. And you're asking the question Who, who am I? And your father's responding. Who are you? You're chosen. That's who you are. You're specifically designed and equipped to be you. That's who you are. I have called you out of darkness. I have already forgiven you of every sin in the past, the present, and the future. I, who, who are you? You're cleansed by the blood. Who are you? Somebody that I desire have relationship with. Who are you? You're somebody that I believe in. Who are you? You're somebody that I have a good plan for. Who are you? Somebody that my grace is sufficient. Who are you? Somebody that my mercy is reaching towards you right now and it's new every day. Who are you? Somebody that I want to get up from this place today and take a step and be a light shining in darkness. That's you. That's you. That's you. That's you. Every head bowed and every eye closed. If you yourself, if you yourself, when you go inward, you're not confident of where you're going to spend eternity. You're not settled that if you were to die today, you'll spend eternity with Almighty God. You don't know if you'd go to heaven or you don't know if you'd go to hell. 
The Bible says when a person calls upon the name of Jesus, they're saved. The Bible says when a person receives Jesus, they receive eternal life and they know. They don't guess. They don't question. They're not uncertain. They know that they'll spend eternity with Almighty God. Do you have that knowing on the inside of you? Do you have the knowing? If you don't have that knowing and you would like to settle where you're going to spend eternity, this is what I'd like us to do as a family, as friends. I'd like us to all pray this prayer out loud. The reason I have us pray it out loud is because I want the people who are praying it for the first time, I want them confident in the prayer that they're praying. Another reason I have us do it out loud is because I want you familiar with the heartbeat of this prayer. Let's stand to our feet right where you're at. And I want you to open your eyes. And I want as friends and family, I want us to pray this prayer together with your eyes open. You know there's a time the Bible says watch and pray. Right? So I want us to pray with our eyes open. And those of you who are praying this prayer, you're asking Jesus to come into your heart for the very first time. You're coming from darkness. You're coming into light. And you're settling where you're going to spend eternity. As we pray this prayer, I want you to believe these words in your heart. I want you to declare these words with your mouth like your eternal destiny depends upon it. And those of you who have done this before, I want you to connect your faith with theirs just like the first time you prayed this prayer and what it meant to you. Let's pray this prayer together out loud. Say, Father God, today is the day that I make the decision to believe in my heart that God raised Jesus from the dead to give me life. And right now, I accept that life. And Jesus, I ask you to come into my heart. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. And according to God's word, I'm now saved. And I can be certain that I'll spend eternity with Almighty God. Now, if you said that prayer for the very first time, and you meant it, the Bible says whenever we confess Jesus before men, He confesses us before our Father in heaven. You said it, you meant it for the very first time. I want you to be bold. And on the count of three, I want you to slip your hand up in there and say, yes, I believed it, I said it, and I meant it for the very first time. One, two, three. Would you just stick your hand up? God sees hands all over here, hands up here, hands all the way to the back, back there. Awesome. Awesome. Sometimes I wish we had screens from looking out up here. Some of you had never watched and prayed before. And you're trying, you're like, I'm supposed to close my eyes, but I'm uh... <laughs> Hey, who are you? You're chosen. Why are you here? Because God is doing a work in us and through us to change the world around us. We are who God says we are. We will be who God says we will be. We will go where God has called us to go. We will do everything God has put us on this earth to do. There's no quit in this church. You have the DNA of Almighty God on the inside of you. You realize that, right? And there's no quit in God. There's no back off in God. There's nothing average about the God that we serve. We're going to keep on. Say, I'm going to keep on. I'm going to keep on. I don't care how hard it is. I'm going to keep on. I'm going to keep showing up. I'm going to keep praising. I'm going to keep giving. I'm going to keep declaring. I'm going to keep renewing. I'm going to keep realizing. I'm going to keep releasing. I'm going to keep reviewing. I'm going to keep raising. When I raise my thinking, I raise my life. I'm going to keep raising. I'm going to keep raising. I'm going to keep raising. Say, I'm going to keep raising. 
Now we're fixing to miss, uh, dismiss. I'm going to hand it back over. You're going to take it from here. Listen, I'm going to be up here and I would enjoy praying for whoever needs prayer for. I know we have prayer, uh, the ministry team up here as well. But specifically, there's individuals here that you've been dealing with this pain that runs right down the back of your neck, right into your shoulders. Whoever that is, uh, don't leave here without getting prayed for for that, okay? Right elbows, specifically right elbows. You've been having a lot of pain in your right elbows and intestinal stuff, guts. I keep just hearing guts. So what happens is if this is not familiar to you or whatever, this is a word of knowledge, a knowing about a certain situation. And the presence of God is here to take care of whatever that symptom and ailment is. Okay? He heals all manners of sickness and all manner of disease. But when He speaks to you, when He calls this out, He wants you to know He, he sees you, He knows you, He wants to, the healing power is already present. To take care of those symptoms. Amen? Amen. So specifically those three areas. Heather, do you have anything? Pastor Darren, do you have anything? Go, good. Come on up. Well, did y'all get something out of the Word today? Thank you, Father.